the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're you're driving along at night and you see a teenager walking along the side of the road by themselves, you might think, well, they shouldn't be out so late all alone. Something might happen. But you're not going to stop. But if you're driving along and see a toddler walking along the side of the road, even in the middle of the day, you're going to stop and figure out what's happening. You're going to move the child away from the road and call the police and stay with the child until help arrives. Because a toddler is utterly helpless and vulnerable. Bad things could happen very quickly. This child is a precious treasure, and you'll make sure the child stays safe. In our Gospel reading day, we find the disciples, after Jesus' transfiguration, hearing his second passion and resurrection prediction. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him and he will be raised from he will be raised on the third day and the disciples were greatly distressed their distress though doesn't last very long because soon after this we get to our reading today where the disciples come to Jesus with what they believe is a very important question who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven Well, really what they want to know is which one of them is the greatest. Is it Peter? He just made that rock-like confession of Jesus' identity. Or maybe it's James who was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. Or maybe it's John, the disciple whom Jesus loves. Who is the greatest? And we look and we think, those thick-headed disciples. You just want to shake your head at them because they're right there with Jesus and they get caught up in a comparison game. Who's better than who? Thank goodness we're not like that. We just humbly love our neighbors without ever comparing ourselves with others. Well, except all the time. Pastors compare themselves to other pastors based on their congregations. And if another pastor has a smaller congregation, it must be because, well, he's just not a very good preacher or he's, he's not dedicated enough. If another pastor has a larger congregation, well, it must be because he's selling out to the culture and he's just preaching what their itching ears want to hear. Sadly, all of us can relate to a life of comparison. We play the comparison game at school, at work, at the gym, even with our families. We compare intelligence, abilities, athleticism, wealth, houses, cars, cell phones, video game systems. Who's better? Who's worse? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is it me? Maybe it's me. Maybe I am the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
And calling to him a child, Jesus put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The helpless toddler on the side of the road is the greatest. Utter helplessness is the mark of being the greatest in the kingdom. What a crushing blow to your self-esteem. To be the greatest is to know that you are utterly helpless. Salvation is not about you. It's about Jesus for you. As we hear in Isaiah 64, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. You cannot save yourself. You need Jesus. You can do nothing on your own. To know that you are utterly helpless is to strip away any pretense you have of self-righteousness. Being utterly helpless pops your puffed-up ego that, that thinks you're good enough, or at least you're not as bad as that other guy. Being utterly helpless is to admit that you are a poor, miserable sinner. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is one who is utterly helpless. The one who needs the most care is the greatest. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus lifts up the utterly helpless and he washes away their sin and he gives them forgiveness and eternal life. The utterly helpless are Jesus' treasure. It can be a frustrating adventure to have to get treatment at the hospital emergency room. Because you may have to wait for hours before you get to see the doctor. And that is frustrating. But it is not a good sign if you arrive at the ER and you are surrounded by doctors and nurses and techs. Because if you're the top priority, it's because you are in the worst shape. You get the most care because you are the neediest. Our readings today teach you all as God's church how to care for the greatest in the kingdom. How do you, the utterly helpless, care for others who are utterly helpless? One thing about being utterly helpless is it makes you vulnerable. When you know it's not about you, that you're not in control, it can make you easy prey for false teachings that promise salvation in some other way. There are far too many wolves dressed up in sheep's clothing, teaching whatever they can dream up, not caring what happens to the sheep. Jude warns in Jude verse 8, Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. 
So many who call themselves Christians, so many who call themselves pastors, do not follow the word of God, but instead they follow their dreams. Stay awake. Be so familiar with the true word of God that you can easily spot a fake. Always be on guard. Childlike faith should not be a childish faith. Knowing you are utterly helpless and you desperately need Jesus exhorts you to learn as much as you can about Jesus. How are you to live together as a gathering of the utterly helpless? St. Paul teaches in Romans 13, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. You love one another. You care for one another as you would care for a toddler walking alone on the side of the road. The one who is in the most need is the greatest. And the utterly helpless are utterly helpless. So you protect each other. You do not lead others into sin. There is a special place in hell for those who lead people away from God's truth into sin. Jesus says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus cares so much about his utterly helpless followers that he issues his strong, unbending warning. And on this opening day of Sunday school, we remember that preachers and teachers are held to a higher standard, as we learn in James 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Preachers and teachers have a great responsibility to preach and teach the truth of God's word and not mix in your own opinions or your own loopholes to God's law. You are called to speak the truth in love to one another, warning where he warns and blessing where he blesses. God calls on you to fight temptation and cut sin out of your own life so you do not infect others. Cutting away your sinful behaviors can be as painful as cutting off your hand or your foot or tearing out your eye. Cut sin out of your life because out of love for others, it's that important to make sure you're not a source of temptation. You're warned not to despise one of these little ones. You are to treat each other as the treasures that you are and care for one another. And protect one another. If someone wanders away, you seek after the stray sheep. It's too easy to let sheep wander off and be lost. We lock up our Sunday offerings in the safe. But the true treasures of the church are all of you. 
We strive in our meeting together to lock up your hearts with God's truth. This gathering of our of ours together on Sunday morning is a gathering of the utterly helpless who are treasured by God, redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Jesus and who love and care for each other. Sometimes that care is tough love. What do you do if you find out that one of your fellow Christians has fallen into ongoing unrepentant sin? What if one of God's pearls of great price is in danger of being led away by the lies of the evil one? What do you do? Unfortunately, our tendency is to want to gossip about it with others, but Jesus gives us a better way because that sinner, that fellow sinner, is utterly helpless and needs to hear the truth spoken in love. So if you see someone sin against you, then go to them directly, just the two of you. If you won't listen, bring one, one or two witnesses to bring the loving truth that repentance is needed and forgiveness and redemption is available. When dealing with stubborn sinners, the goal is to protect and preserve them as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. If they won't listen to the two or three of you, bring it to the church so they can Call this person to repentance so they are saved from the evil one. And if they still won't listen, you have to put them out of the church so that they understand that their sin is serious and has eternal consequences. You want them, you want them to again know that they are utterly helpless and they need Jesus. The church is God's instrument to care for all the little ones who are utterly helpless to save themselves. Little ones like Josiah and Trinity Ann and Beatrix and Wendy and Walter and Macy and Emma and little ones like little Pastor and little Vicar and little Wendy and little Pam and little Doris and little Steve little kin. Know you are utterly helpless and treasure Jesus' gifts to you of forgiveness and eternal life. Love one another. Speak the truth in love to protect the utterly helpless little ones. They are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise to confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.